0: All right? How are you getting on? How are you really getting on deep inside? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about boys, girls? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? No, come here. Uh, how are you? Sorry about that. How are you doing? Are you well? Are you well. You will beloved you well. Um, are you really can't well? Oh my god. See, people think they're being I still get I still get messages, instas. This is an obvious one. You know, people might say, Oh, Tony can't do well, you know, if I I don't know, maybe you know, do uh, post a picture of me doing something. Ah, you know the bread. I couldn't get the bread. The bread didn't rise. You know, They might say, "Oh, Tony can't prove." Well, <laughs> you know, you know, the bread didn't prove. Ah, ah. And people think they're being very original, but um, you know, I've been hearing that shit, man. I'm an old, I'm an old hat. I'm an old fucking tricolor. As such, a uh, uh, an old hat am I that I've been around the block and I heard that for years. People saying Tony, Tony can't. Remember one time I heard it. Um, we're in the choir, in school in, um, I don't know, I'm speaking like a, uh, like a, like an interrailing uh student, <laughs> but uh, we were, I was in the choir in primary school and I was in choir, I was in choir B, right, there was choir A and there was choir B, choir A was allowed to sing, <laughs> was allowed to sing, you know, choir A were like, fall on your knees, oh, hear the angels' voices, you know, you just you're desperate here to hear it. Like, "Oh no, I did mine. I blew it. I blew it," which is why I was in Choir B. I was in Choir B. The difference was Choir B. You had to hum. So I'd be like, hum, 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 but not even that loud because I was in the back row of Choir B. The front row could be like, hum, 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 hum. <laughs> they're adding the bass, but there was volume levels. Volume. I've never said that before like that, uh, to the Choir B. I was in the back row of Choir B. So I was like, mm, 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 oh, here they Shut up! find the to, to fucking home! Uh, sorry. So I was in the back row of Choir B. So someone did say to me then, you know, Tony, heh, well, I guess you can call you. Well, they didn't actually, they didn't even preface it with a little jolly, you know. Well, I guess they could call you because kids aren't as witty as that. They just said, uh, yeah, Tony can't sing well. You know, they're quick, they're quippy, you know, unlike us meandering around. But, um, us adults, um, so, um, yeah, so they said Tony can't sing well, you know, uh, but I'd even heard it a million times by then, you know, so if you think you're being original, I should even open myself up for this, but if you think you're being original on Insta with a, with a can't blank, well, man, as I said, you can call me Nelson's hat in the Greenwich Maritime Museum in London, because I'm such an old hat at being it's not even using that. I'm not even using that term right. But I've been around the block. And surprisingly, I didn't get a lot of um, cuntwells. Sorry for swearing, as you know. Um, well, actually, I, as you might not know, I'm not swearing in 2022. That's my New Year's resolution. I will not be swearing at all in the year 2022. Um, but I need to explain this. I need to swear a little bit. Um, I was didn't get a lot of cuntwells. And I wouldn't mind cuntwells. You know, I take the word cunt as a term of endearment like the Glaswegians do or, or an Australian, you know, what are you doing there? You little cunt. Ah, this is see where I come from. That's a, a term of endearment. So I know I'm not offended at all. What are you looking in my window for you? Dirty little cunt. You know, ah, see it's actually he's he's just playfully enticing me to staring at his window. You know, he must just be from Australia and has lost his accent um, recently Um. But you know, you know when you think you haven't you're you're seeing something seen something original? Terry has been coming out with some oh my god. She showed me you know I don't know if you've seen Mark Rober. Mark Rober's like a scientist. Um on YouTube. Massive YouTuber. You've probably seen him. And he you know, he came up with his glitter bomb. He kept having things stolen from his porch. So he's basically made this. Glitter bomb that has various phones and recording equipment. Sprays fart spray. So if someone steals it, lifts up the box, it records everything. Sprays glitter everywhere. Sprays sprays fart spray. She showed me the video yesterday. I was like, "Oh my god, look at this glitter thing called glitter bomb." And I was like, I laughed my ass off at her. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And look at this. This is a uh, Charlie bit my finger. Where have you been living? What you know? <laughs> and she showed it to me on Facebook videos as well. She's the oldest shit I've ever seen in my life. Look at this. Ha ha ha. You know. laugh my ass off at her you know she's i I like to do that sometimes because she's a vastly more intelligent person than i am so the times where there's something that i know and she doesn't i get to just oh my god i love it i love it i pat her on the head and i want to put a big big cone on her head like a pet shop boy dunce you know like a kirsten anyway what was i saying um something about cunts them that's not me swearing that's just me trying to remember my place um uh yeah i think just old shit i don't know what i was talking about but anyway look um i'm an old hat at being called uh, can't do well and people think they're being original that's what i was saying people think they're being original with a uh, can't bloody do well or anything like that and um and i know the feeling i know the ah like but you can't look if you unless you're a vastly intelligent and, and higher and 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 highly witty person if you think something's too obvious it is it's like the time that I met a girl when I was in Cologne, Cologne, Cologne Germany. Um, and her name was L'Oreal. <sighs> what do you think I did? Well, I've, t- I've talked about this in the pod before. What do you think I did? What's the most obvious thing you can do? And the chat was going well. I probably could have lost my virginity with her. Um, I wasn't a virgin at this stage, actually. Um, but what do you fucking, what, what's the obvious thing you'd say? to someone called l'oreal and i said ah, and i said it to her and i don't know if there's anything that stings my heart more more frequently i'm thinking uh, i said ah well and, and l'oreal by the way i just want to say <laughs> you're worth it she it honestly like it was it was as if i said a racial slur it was as if i as if as as if it was as if i revealed that i just murdered someone <laughs> and by the way l'oreal I have, I have 20 bodies under my floorboards. Uh, it would have been the exact same as me saying, that. you're worth it. It was, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Any goodwill has been sucked out of the earth right now. It's just a world. It's a horrible world. <laughs> There's a comet coming to kill us all. That was the kind of react. Oh, my God. I can't believe you went for it. We were having such a good time. We were having such a good time. Um. So if you think you're, if you think, how has no one ever said that before? you it's your you know that's what you learn in improv you don't you learn not to go to a, to a to b thinking you learn to go from a to c to d in some cases really oddball stuff thinking you know don't follow don't go to the don't go to the you know the low hanging fruit you know what i mean um but yeah it was um it was devastating so how did i get on to that yeah well that's when i went to cologne in germany as part of world youth day which i've talked about before when I, when i went to go see the pope um my friends had gone to the zambia the year before, and I wanted to go to Zambia. I wanted to go to Zambia with my, with my best friends. We were an inseparable group in art school, reach, and um, we all wanted to go to Zambia. And of the four of us, uh, three of us went to go, and I I was excluded. I was excluded kind of under on the terms because I that I, I would take the mick a little bit, take the mick, take the mick out as a bunch of Zambians, as if I have class. Um, I wasn't going to take the mick, you know. But, you know, it would, I suppose, it would have seemed like I was going to, you know, what was, you know, I would never. But, uh, so I wasn't allowed to go. So I was kind of like, you know, and I tell you, there's no bigger motivator than spite. Um, And so I I found out that there, the Dublin diocese, uh, the Merino Dublin diocese, were, were going to uh, uh, World Youth Day. A bunch of like-minded, cool kids like me who love Christ. A bunch of... A bunch of legends like me who stick our tongue out for the Eucharist and don't feel weird about it, you know. Um, so uh, I decided. So I said uh, I went in. I was like, "I want to go. I want to go to uh, Cologne, Germany as part of World Youth Day." And uh, and so and so we went and we went to go see the Pope. And fortunately, though, this was like the Pope unfortunately died, and so we had to get the you know we're like we don't even know who we're going to go see now. You know, it's like what he canceled. He's dead. JP 2s dead. So we ended up having to see Rat Singer. and even though he was a new guy that no one even knew anything about, uh, apart from the fact that he was a Nazi as a boy, um, that uh, even even though it was it wasn't even a good Pope, an impressive Pope, the bloody Italians skipped the queue, and we ended up having to watch him from the bushes, and he had a bunch of gormless Irish parishioners being like, "Uh, so sorry, guys, the Italians seem to have just taken our spot. So can we just back behind them?" Walking us into thorn, we were standing in thorn bushes, million miles away from the Pope. Couldn't see fucking anything. Shite, Pope as well. Um, and that's when I met L'Oreal, whose hair was only okay. You know, I'd say that was probably a burden. It'd be like call, you know, it'd be like a guy being called, you know, Johnny Buffstein, and um, him being quite feeble, meek. Um. So, um, but I still, I shouldn't, have, you know, you just don't go for that. Like someone's called Beyonce, you know, well, they shouldn't be called Beyonce. You know what I mean? You can't just be some Beyonce after the fact. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, well, I do, but I want to stop talking about that now. Um, just a bit of riffing on my name. Where does he come up with the stuff? Chap's, talk, Chaps talking about his name. Now he's talking about fucking the Pope. Um, no, I'm going to be talking about the Young Scientist competition today. I am going to be giving you some top inventions and studies that if you're a young child, you shouldn't be listening to this, although maybe you can now that I'm not swearing anymore. Um, some top tips for winning the Young Scientist competition on this Tony Cantwell shit show. This Tony Cantwell shit show lovely stuff lovely stuff there um so come here to me uh let me talk to you about the young science competition i was in the young scientist competition unfortunately i didn't win didn't even place <sighs> uh, my mate dara who's you know an amateur scientist um like to light things on fire um you know that's probably the full extent <laughs> but he was a smart dude and very good at computers um he was obsessed with the idea that carbon dioxide and the amount of students in a room was affecting our brain capacity. Because he was—he was actually, to be fair, in the same class as me. Remember, I told you the story about the kid in my class who, when we had like there was forty-two in my class, then another twenty odd from another class, and we were all singing during uh, winter, and radiators were turned up, um, and then one of the, <laughs> the kids um, fainted and smashed his head off the radiator, and then started to scream, it was like, ah! And the teacher was trying to pick him up, and he didn't. He was so out of it and hallucinating that he didn't even know that who the teacher was. And he was like, "I'm all right, Mister. I'm all right, Mister." And you could hear him going down the road, unable to walk down the corridor, and you could hear him being like, "The cheese, the cheese." Like he was in a land of cheese. I've talked about this. So after that, Dara kind of had it in his head, being like, "There's, there's too many, <laughs> it's too many kids in the class, and you need ventilation is key." And I, and he, so he was wondering if, you know. Having too many people in a class was would affect the actual oxygen level of the class, and what kind of you know reaction that would have to, um, you know, to to your ability to, to focus. So there was tests carried out. I think all I did was kind of hand out paper, but it was kind of like you know very rudimentary test, you know. And but we a kind of weighted score system, but simple tasks that you just had to kind of focus to do right and write them all down. So there was you know done with like tw- twenty people in a class, forty people in a class, sixty people in a class. And with the same size classroom. And based on that, you know, that being kind of the main factor of how many people in the class, how much you were able to concentrate. I mean, it didn't win. There was probably other factors. There was probably a bit more excitement levels in the class. You know what I mean? We couldn't, we couldn't, we did actually measure the amount of um, carbon um, di- dioxide. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Minoxide? Probably not. Um, in the class. And we did see a very light correlation between that level of 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 the drop off of concentration and the rise in carbon dioxide um but we did kind of fudge numbers a little bit right sorry uh sorry rds or whoever it is um esat digifone or whoever's sponsoring sorry guys okay we fudge the numbers okay we wanted to get our hole all right anything to get that sweet sweet scientist hole so um we fudged the numbers to go to the young scientist competition. Anyway, um it was also the same um young scientist that um that I I almost actually because I was a frigid at it and I almost lost my uh, my frigidity uh, at it when a girl came over to me when I was queuing up for a big curry chip in the cafeteria and a girl came over to me and was like, Hey, do you see my mate over there? She likes you. Um do you want to do you want to meet her? And um and I said um, why she want to meet me? And then I dropped my tray and I ran out of the building, the whole building. I was standing um at the old fucking canal out in Paul's uh, Bridge. <laughs> uh, you know, after, you know, this is before I was, you know, a, a sexual magnet that I am now, a sexual, uh, you know, specimen. Um, This is when I was, you know, but it's mad, like at my hottest. I was at my, I had a V and everything. had big, luscious, pillowy lips uh, and a tight pink butt. You know, Um, I had like a V, I had like a definition in my body, you know, and I had pretty good skin. I didn't really suffer from much acne. Um, You know, I was a good looking guy with kind of hot. I'm not fucking looking myself in the mirror here. So (laughs) So I'm going to drop that now. Uh, And I ran out of the building. So it was a fairly momentous. Also, um, it was actually the same day that uh, I was interviewed by a young girl's magazine on how to pursue women. (laughs) as a child you know i mean he didn't like come over to me and be like you you strike me as a a very successful man with the ladies i just saw him with the microphone and i was like what you need what can i what look what how shut up for a second can i get attention here how can you how can this how can i record something that'll be heard and seen by people whenever there was a camera or a mic or anything like that i'd be on it i'd be on it like white on rice if there was someone just like a roving reporter going around i would ruin come here to me look at me ruin your shot if you're coming just to be like we're here at the young scientists you know and uh, look this is the gen next generation of young pluckies so you'd be a me mere to waving in the background yeah just waving jumping up and down pulling my top over my head you know yeah you know any any way to get attention you know and then i'd be like me and joe would be like watching it later on the news <laughs> like do you think we're going to be on the news you know and watching it later and seeing us way we went to a jobs fair that was in croke park Honestly, we, we ruined this guy. He just, he was a real coward. A bunch of kids. He didn't even tell us to stop. You know what I mean? What a coward. We kept ruining his shot, this roving rapport for TV3. It was TV3 at the time. And he was like, we're here at the jobs fair. The next generation of employees. And we're like, Yow! Yow! you know, shouting, shouting and waving a shot. And Then he, he eventually was like, for fuck's sake. And he moved his stuff and he left. And he was like, I think we have what we need. You know, we were standing by. We saw it there and later on, us waving. He had to use the shot of us waving. You know, he couldn't just say to us, "Why well, you didn't look tough?" You know, I was a chubby kid with glasses, and he can't even tell me just to sorry. Would you not? Would you not stand in front of my shot? Because I'd be—I was a bigger coward than him. You know what a coward this guy was. <laughs> anyway, so this guy was walking around the young scientist, and he had a microphone, and he's working for whatever. You know, this girly mag. You know, the kind of magazine the young girls and pedophiles buy. You know, so I was like, uh, "What's the crack? What's the microphone? What can I do for you to get attention?" And he was like, all right, well, like, I work for, you know, girlymag.com, uh, pedorag.ie. And um, <laughs> and I am interviewing young fellas because we're, this is the year 2001. And um, the idea of young people being gay is still uh, a distant uh fantasy. And we live in a gender normative world. So as a, I'm assuming you're a man, which means that you're straight and you like girls. How boys go about pursuing women? Essentially, he was asking and so i you know cracked my knuckles and you know i was like let me fucking let me fucking tell you now as a frigid i have to tell you exactly what you need to do oh my god well you need to and this is what i said i said and look i don't i don't like the term friend zone right um because i I think it kind of dictates that it's that that's that there's something you know that there's something inevitable about the sexual kind of end of a relationship or something like that or like the sexual part is the only true end of a relationship with someone with someone else you know um or um you know what i mean yeah like you know like I, I don't like the uh, yeah the that that the the, the a platonic relationship is somehow not the final form of this thing you know what i mean um so but if there was someone to write a book or at least a uh pedo rag.ie article on how to be in the permanently in the friend zone, it was me. And so I said to him, yeah, what we need to do is you need to become best friends with the person that you fancy. <laughs> you need to become best friends with the person that you fancy. And then over time, hopefully <laughs> there's a lot, a lot riding on this hope, especially a lot, right. You know, hopefully they see that you're a person that they want to be with. Right. That's what I said, and, um, and, you know, that's bad. That's bad advice. That's bad advice. You know, not to say that, you know, you need to view every. Yeah, yeah. I've already said my piece on that. So uh, but then I remember reading, you know, Peter e and Sala Magazine because my mate Aiden was also featured in it. And it was a picture of him and some, you know, bit of advice that he gave. And then it uh, was my name and there was no picture. And I was like, oh, God, like, you know, because I know I know he only spoke to me because I was probably the most eager. I certainly wasn't the hottest boy in, you know. At the Young Scientist competition, you know, but uh, I certainly was the most eager to be featured in pedorag.ie. And um, and there was no picture. But then when I read how he had misquoted me, I was quite relieved. But it did still have my name and it had um, Tony Cantwell, 13, Art School Rich. Um What you need to do is um, weasel your way in as their best friend and then wear them down over time. <laughs> This is what I said, attributed to me, a 13-year-old boy, and wear them down over time. And only then will you conquest, you know. Um, so it was quite uh, I, but I, even with that I was actually I was like, ah, I still wouldn't mind a picture of me in there. Look you know. So, um, so anyway, it was a very um very busy and momentous young scientist. But I feel for the young fellas and the young ones, um, in this year's young scientist, because it's gone virtual. And I think for a lot of people, um, it might be their first time driving up to Dublin, staying in the juries or whatever it is uh, for the week uh, and, you know, meeting people actually physically like shifting, getting getting the shift for the first time. A lot of a lot of little, you know, little meek, um little meek boys, you know, who are about to have their mind blown by some, you know, some rocker in fishnets who is obsessed with fucking, uh, you know, Naruto or whatever. You know what I mean? That sort of shit I'm talking about. All those kind of things that, you know, you know that side of 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 uh of meat you know what i mean not just the boys with the frosted tips and the o'neils you know other people have to get the meat too and it was the perfect time for that you know not for me of course famously ran out onto the canal but i've already said that um so i feel for them, you know but i've always had i've always had a kinship with those young losers um <laughs> you know so um so what I've I've done this week, because Ben, uh, Ben Clifford, associate producer of the pod, turned me on to the fact that it is going to be virtual this year. Um, so I'd like to throw look, if it's gonna be virtual, right, I wouldn't mind throwing my hat in the ring here as well and submitting some of my ideas for potential um science experiments for the young scientist competition. So I have a few here that I'm gonna submit. Um and uh, you know, you can tell me you can tell me what you think of these. These are just some ideas. Or maybe, do you know what? If you're planning on going next year, maybe you're a young zoomer, um, which maybe is my demographic now that I don't swear for twenty twenty-two. If you're a young zoomer, um maybe some of these ideas, like the one that I gave to my mate Joe about the industrialization of spider industrial industrialization of spider silk, you can use these ideas. These are up for you if you want, okay? So the first one I have is it's an invention. Most of these are inventions. <laughs> some of them are. Um all right, this is the AI affirmation bot, right? It's an AI that gives you positive affirmations, it kind of it kind of summarizes, you know, you can be shining on at the end of the day, so it's twofold, right? Uh you kind of can shine on at the end of the day so you have someone to talk to. And then what it does is it 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 kind of reinterprets what you've said and paints it in a positive light, right? So it takes all the things you say and then it says it back to you but in, you know, positive present affirmative way right studies have shown that if you talk in the present tense i am i have rather than i will or i want to you, you know uh, you, you see more positive effects from that um and it can enhance your mood so you're able to unload onto someone and then it's basically puts a positive spin on everything that you say right i think this is a level of code that even i could come up with because i'm constantly annoying my wife we're trying to put a positive spin on stuff when she just wants to be heard more on that in a second so say if you're like unloading onto the AI bot and you're like, oh, I had a bad day. You know, I was late for work, which um really upset me. And, uh, it, you know, I think my boss is annoyed. Then I didn't really do much for the day. I ate poorly. Right. Then I was pretty much just browsing videos online on YouTube of watching people fix old fucking game boys all day. Right. Then then I had a big old wank and I shouldn't have had a wank. And then, um, and then I, you know, I don't know, I got, I got drenched in the rain, right? The AI formation bot would say, um, punctuality is so important for you, hence the negative reaction to when you are late, <laughs> you know, because you were late and you were upset by it. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, that's a nice spin. Yeah, but what about the junk food that I, uh, you know, you are an epicurious fellow, you love the finer things in life. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people love you okay yeah i suppose i do um and then it be like oh but well, i did so i did waste the day i was supposed to be working i ended up watching fucking game boy restoration videos i love that you are such a technically gifted man and you like to see things perfect you know well, i suppose i do yeah and what about the way wank- you have a lust and unbridled passion that yeah anyone would kill for you know something like that you know what i mean And then that's so it's kind of like no do you know what it's not that i'm lazy late uh waster it's that i have an emotional reaction to being on time which means that i can improve you know i do love the finer things in life i am quite technically interested and would love to pursue that as a future career maybe just have a pastime where i fix up and maybe get a soldering iron maybe fix up some old bits and um and i've got a passion that i'm currently channeling into pornography that i could channel into something else you know, so that's, um, that's the AI formation bot. Okay. Um, but there is, you know, you can't obviously be that so forgiving of yourself. The next one is a study, right? Which I call, and again, these are all up for grabs. Um, this is called the fine female feline as a flirty friend of mine. And what this study um, theorizes is the more human being looks, um, resembles uh, in appearance, a cat, a, fe- a feline uh, for being scientists. Um, the more, the more people tend to find that more attractive. Okay, so um, and that either you know genetically because of you know cat-like cheekbones, um, cute little button nose, or, or big eyes, or a um, or artificially with things like you know cat cat eye makeup, that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, embedded whiskers. That that's maybe too far, which we'll talk about in a second. How you can get too far. So hundred people are studied and you take two people whatever the, the, the sexual orientation so maybe 200 200 people um of a, of a you know of a, um whatever their sexual orientation is right you um you show them a bland looking person right and gradually change features on them right so you're kind of getting a general ranking of how attractive they think this person is and then you might um kind of alter the photo with kind of like little cattle cheekbones you know maybe bigger eyes Maybe a little skinnier pink nose, you know, and then, you know, um, and then, may, you know, for, the further you go along, um, maybe add just a bit of fur, a light, a light smattering of fur on the person's face, um, fangs, like a little uh, sharper teeth, you know. But uh, see, the thing is, I think eventually you do get to what I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating is going to be a bit of an offshoot like this, which would be the fur canny valley. Now, the fur canny valley is basically how attractive you can turn a woman into a cat, essentially, before it gets too, too before you get too uncomfortable, you know, before it's, before it's like, you know, on the proper whiskers on the label kind of looking woman, if you even want to call her that anymore. Um, so I, I believe, I believe that light features, all uh, altered, um, people would, I, I do, I do believe most people, and I think you're just not thinking about it, and I think you're making me out to be a freak, you're making me out to be like Dr. Moreau. Um, you know Marlon Brando, with a big fan, right? Um, with a lot of sunblock on my face, you're making me out to be like that, but I think you're just not ready to kind of. So this is this will be great for me. This will be great for me and the whole CCF community if we can just get this a lot of people to agree. Well, look on a you know on a a, uh, what would you call it blind blind test? Um, seventy eight percent of people's ideal woman has cat eyes raised cheekbones and a little button nose. And I'm, and I'm not saying that those are the factors that I look for in a woman, but I do think that women who look more like a cat tend to be more attractive. And luckily, most Irish women do look like cats. All right, so that's the fine female. Feline is a flirty friend of mine. Um, attractiveness and scale and the pursuit of the fur canny Valley. So this next one is an invention and it's for uh, bloody blokes or maybe it's for anyone really. Um, it's basically a, a shock collar for the person in a relationship that... Um, when they're told a problem by their partner, they look to immediately solve the you solve the problem. Okay. So your partner might be like, oh, look, I just did this stupid thing in work and I'm just a bit down about it. Look, that's nah, nothing. And I'm like, well, do you know, you could go in next morning and you can really email like, ow, you know, they're not looking for that. They're a smart, intelligent person. They know how to solve. They're just really just looking to, you know. So it's a, it's a caller I call just leashing to me. Just leashing to me. And it's for, I mean, I could definitely use it. Um, I mean, I'd probably break it with my gargantuanly thick neck. But um, it is something that I certainly have needed a lot of the time where I have a tendency to try and problem solve. Because I want to, I you know, it's with the best intentions I'm trying to solve. So Terry's, I'm trying to be like, oh, well, I, that's okay. But what I can come across as is I'm not listening, you know. um, Oh, you know, you need to, need to do what that is, you know. Ah, look, don't worry about it. That's it's 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 not validated. It's not entirely validating the emotions of the person. So um, you might have a partner. You might be this person. You might need the just leashing to me collar. You know. Well, you know what you could do is, <laughs> you know. So that's a collar for just people who are really trying to help. Um, piss hairdryer. Look, um, <laughs> this isn't for warming your piss. It's for getting the it's for getting the bloody stuff off the seat. Okay. Oh my god. Look. I'm not someone who pisses on the seat, unless I'm trying to assert myself and I don't know there's a little cook, but to come into the urinal after me or the, the toilet after me. Um, <laughs> no, but if I'm if I'm pissing, um, if I see piss on a seat, I'm very. I was talking about this with Frankie on um, Meditations for the Anxious Minds podcast. We were talking about seeing a bit of piss in your seat. I think there's a lot of blame be thrown around, like piss, uh, with who pissed on the seat. And when you walk out of a, uh, out, of a out of a stall. And then, you know, someone's coming in, you're like, this fucker's going to think I pissed on the seat. And God forbid it's someone you know, in which case, you know, you don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. So I think what should happen is all toilet seats should have a Dyson Airblade above the rim and should go (laughs) after you you get up. And we'll just spray the piss off the end of the seat so that every time you're finished. And also you can maybe even, hey. Maybe even turn that little sucker on while you're sitting down. Maybe warm up, warm up your little tush, warm up your, your warm up your dangling bollocks. I'm not swearing for 2022, <laughs> but, um, so that's, 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 uh, piss, the piss, the piss hairdryer, um, you have it on, on the seat and that way you leave and they hear, see, they hear you leaving and this, you know, and it just, it just gets rid of this onus who pissed on the seat, you know, and, and, um. And it's a nice little warm one for your little tush tush um all right this next one um this next one I actually think has legs right this one actually has legs i remember uh, i said on the pod before but the, my most ever sales moment was when i was on the phone with some dude and i said michael we were on the phone last week You said the deal had legs my question to you today is are they still walking and he said tony look absolutely they're walking all the way to the bank and was, we were talking in real sales lingo which i loved um, but I don't know what came over me. Anyway, come here. Um, this one I think has legs. Are they still walking? You be you be the judge. Um, this is a study on. Okay, so look, I've talked about the Kinsey scale before, right? Um, I, I, you know, this is this isn't necessarily using that, right? If we look at this just as a general, this is totally oversimplified, right? And I'm not looking to be flippant about sexual orientation, but but this is what just this is just the theory, right? You have attractions on various genders right um so to completely oversimplify sexual orientation right on the scale say if one right is a, com- is a completely heterosexual right no interest in having a homosexual uh, encounter or relationship and five is uh, homosexual very little of uh, no interest whatsoever in having a heterosexual um you know um incident <laughs> sexual whatever they don't want to they don't want to be they don't want to be getting in, uh, involved with anyone of the opposite sex right and then just for the sake let them have a loads of space in here. Three, four, and five, right there in the middle, that's all bisexual, the various orientation. One would be more hetero, one would be more homo, but the, the three, one is completely hetero. Two, three, four is just all the boys having a fucking wonderful time in there, and then the fives is just, um, is uh, pardon the, straight homo, right? Um, so uh, that's, that's still a list, okay? That's still people have having a sexual interest, sexual desires to someone. but the, the key is they all are sexually active and have a sexual interest right there is also asexuals asexuals who have very little to no sexual interest right this is a completely different scale i'm talking about here right regardless of gender so um those who have a minimal to zero interest in sex are asexuals so where what about the scale Where's from asexual being one, no interest whatsoever, and then maybe four or five are all the people I just mentioned who have, across genders, various sexual activities. I want to know what is going on with the twos and the threes. Do you know what I'm saying? And the one is asexual and four or five are all the people I mentioned. What's going on with the twos and threes? And could you potentially look at classifying the varying degrees of attraction that people actually have? From none whatsoever to maybe the twos, if I may coin the term, a cuddle-sexual, a cuddle-sexual. And that's not to, again, this is, no, they could be cuddle, they could be gay, they could be, um, you know, they could be heterosexual, they could be bi. Cuddles or cuddies, as I'm calling them, the twos. Is there scope to explore the realm of the twos and the threes? Um, and could you say, for example... You know, could I, for example, show up to my brother's wedding as a cuddy with Jason Momoa, um, my boyfriend, in this cuddy relationship, right? So, yes, we are homosexuals, but we're cuddies, you know, and we cuddle and he spoons me and neither of us get our actions from it. (laughs) You know, could I be like, you know, this is my boyfriend, Jason Momoa, we're cuddies, we're practicing cuddies, consensual cuddies. Just to, you know, maybe that even appeals to you. Maybe the idea of getting up to the four or five, maybe you're more of a, maybe you're more of a two. Maybe even a cuddy is a three, and maybe two is holding hands. Maybe two is, you know, but what's more, if sex is off the table, and gender doesn't really come into it, um, you know, and we're only cuddling. And again, I'm not trying to be flippant at all here. I'm just trying to, you know, just trying to understand. Uh, if there's no kind of power imbalance because there's no real sex involved, you know, there's no way of really duping anyone. It's totally consensual. There's no power imbalance here. Could you, could I, could I, for example, as a practicing cookie, and again, not trying to be flippant, but could I say on just the scale of physical intimacy, if I don't identify as someone who wants to fully have full sexual activities, if I'm a two or a three cookie, right, could I say, and there's no power imbalance, could I say, this dog's my boyfriend. This dog is my boyfriend. We're cookies. We're two cookies. Have I lost you? Have I lost you now already? This is where I lost Terry. I had Terry up to this point as well. Could I say... This dog is my boyfriend. Could I say... This magnificent Maine Coon cat... This stunning woman... Um, and I... Are looking to buy a new home. Together. We're goodies. And... Um, and we want Bank of Ireland to back Brave on this one. <laughs> this cat. Um, you know? You know... Um, could we be... Where... I'm just... Just... I'm kind of just planting these little... But where what's going on in the twos and threes, of the a, to full, hetero by or homo, sexual, you know if you're, and is there scales within that? That's just what I'm, you know. So what I, Now I lost Terry on the on the dog thing. She says because a dog is, is has a symbiotic relationship that I have to feed the dog that there is actually a power imbalance, which I you know. But I'm not you know you know it sounds creepy. It's not going to cuddle a fucking thing, you know. But I wouldn't mind bringing it to my brother's wedding. My brother's not getting married, but I'm just saying if I uh, you know. You know sometimes you have to have a stand-in, and that's your person. But you don't want to, you know. You know what I mean? Is there is there scope for, is there scope, maybe on a 1.5, me and Jordan being together. And just playing um, Warzone together. You know what I mean? And I get to bring him to my brother's wedding and Christmas. You know? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, listen, this is the next one. Worth thinking about. Um, Hey, guys, you heard of Fashion, right? What about Fash Bin? Clothes you can bin. So this is one for the parents here. Look, if you're a working parent, you likely have a pile of clothes that have poo-poo on them that are stuffed in beside your washing machine that you'll wash eventually. All right. I say why. Bin it with biodegradable baby clothes. Okay. The same sort of fabric that you have from those kind of faux plastic super value bags, you know, like those um, biodegradable um, rubber gloves. So it's like that material. And now you put your baby clothes. Right. So you can save the earth, cut down on washing, while making your child look like an absolute uh Bergheim latex freak. You know? And um you know, and then you just you know, poo poo, whatever like, bin the whole lot. Bin the whole fucking lot. Do you know what I mean? Enough of this building a big pile of stinky, stinky poo poo clothes beside your washing machine. And also I would say, uh I know I will say, um, and what about so that's for the baby clothes, but what about this as well? a compostable t-shirt for adults made of the same uh, material um and it also comes with a big thick black marker so you can just write a big slogan on it that day something hilarious you know sit on it you know um save save cheap cans fuck the doll you know something like that something relevant because i often find when i go on twitter by the time i found out about a new meme uh, or a slogan it's already passe right if you're not posting about it by 10 a.m it's going to be passe so you know you know, like say if it gets to eleven thirty and you haven't made a joke about the time Stephen Donnelly gave Tony Houlihan a thumbs up in a WhatsApp message, which for some reason people thought was—I don't know—I'm not trying to bring up old memes from twenty twenty, but um, you know, you could be on that. You could have a thumb emoji meme that morning on your T-shirt. Do you know what I mean? You're being contemporary. You know, and then do you know what's great—you've worn a meme that day. It's become passe. You can bin it, compostable t-shirts um for for clothes normal foley you could say everyone's talking about normal foley you know bob saget uh died as of today you have bob saget t-shirt on you know and you're walking around with bob Saget. you know just saying and also use everyone's guessing your nipples which is also you know a plus um okay this um all right this next one is is i shouldn't end up with this one but i'm ending with this idea drone bowl drone bowl did I stammer droll drone bowl the droll the drone bowl droll it is a or bone it, drones droll slash bone is a drone bowl say you're playing the board games right or poker or whatever it might be oftentimes the the center of the table no matter how big the table is is, is you know is the occupying space of, of 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 the cards or the board or whatever it might be and that's normally where if you were sitting around having a chat a big old bowl of popcorn would be there, right? Big old bowl of big old bowl of chips. If you're a card-carrying American, a big old bowl of crisps in the middle of the in the middle of the table. But what I've found over Christmas playing games is that you know where to put the chips or uh, the crisps. Sorry, I'm not a uh, crisps. As we call them here in Republic of Ireland. There's nowhere to put them. And what you're passing the bowl, it's disrupting the play. I say no more. And welcome to <laughs> drone bowl, a bowl with four very highly powered fans that hovers above the very light plastic cards, <laughs> right? And it hovers there. And then you can just reach above the table and get a chip or crisp. Fuck. Um, no, I'm swearing. I'm swearing over again. Um, and, oh, but it also has a homing beacon and it comes to the most hungry boy, the hungry hungry human man. And it comes to you and then you can just take it and eat it at the side. There needs to be a way of easily transferring in a hands-free way a bowl of crisps when you're playing a game around the table. Um, Now, I did realize that is going to be a very... As soon as I realized that it would be actually for a card game, the fuck the fans gonna blow the, the fans gonna blow the cards away. I genuinely thought it was a great idea, and then I thought the fans gonna blow the cards away. But what about this three table, three D table, which I'm calling three table? It's a table. Okay, we've been we've been okay. Not having to go here really, right? But we've been only messing around with two access points of the table, right? the x-axis why have we never thought to move upwards with our tables what is going on guys (laughs) we have a table we're playing games what if we have the table and on top of the table is another table and on that table is your your chips and your crisps sorry um and your you know bifter paraphernalia like for rolling skins and stuff like that on the top table um, your glass of pop or whatever you ha- what have you and then at the bottom under the table and there's a light underneath the top table is your game so if you're hungry stand up bitch just stand up and go to the top table and eat from there and then when you're ready you can sit back down to the low table and then um, that's where all the fun and the games are going to be um, so it's kind of two ideas there so it's kind of sorry business um business downstairs and then all the parry upstairs, all the chips and the rolling paraphernalia. Um, so you stand up to grab your bits, and then you sit down to enjoy them. That's the idea of the three, th- th- 3D three table, which I'm calling 3Dable. So you've droll and 3Dable. So I'm waiting for... I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating... I'm I'm going to be submitting these into the virtual young scientists, and if they don't quite get in, I don't think I have enough time. These are up for grabs, especially three table. <laughs> just put a fucking table on another table. So there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed my inventions and submissions for this year's young scientist. And if you see a little frigid boy walking around, just you know, little you know, little bottle glasses and boots that are really big. Just have a spare thought. You know, you really should have been getting his whole um, this January. So, my commiserations to all of my fellow freaks out there, all my fellow Todd Phillips' monsters, gaga's out there. Um, But your day will come. And feel free next year to submit my wonderful ideas. Thank you very much for listening. All the best. (laughs) Bye-bye.